Welcome to the Modern MBA podcast with Marie Kerwin and Kristen Rossi. Our mission is to help MBAs coming from, going into, or merely considering more unorthodox career paths. We're a community to find inspiration and share stories. Today we're speaking with Anna Rawson, who after a successful career as a professional golfer, did her MBA at Columbia Business School in New York, and today has founded Seed Life, a brand that provides superfood supplement powders for all stages of womanhood. you um first of all just to introduce yourself and tell us where you did your MBA. Okay. Hi everyone. My name is Anna Rawson and I did my MBA at Columbia in New York. What would be great is if you could just kind of run us through your career um up to the point where you decided to do the MBA. Right out of um high school I was recruited uh to go to USC on a golf scholarship. So I spent um, four years as a student athlete at USC where we won a national championship. And then when I graduated, I went and played on the professional golf circuit. My first year was on the mini tour in the US. And then my second year was on the ladies European tour. And then um, the third year I qualified for the LPGA in the US and kind of played on there and the European tour for the next six years. Um, And then after I decided to stop playing in 2010, I had a brief stint with a a golf reality network, um, doing a bit of broadcasting with them. And then after that, I was like, this is not for me. (laughs) Uh, What am I going to do? And I'd always been interested in business. And I just felt like getting an MBA would be so amazing. Uh, I love school. I love to study. So I applied um, kind of like last minute and applied third round, which isn't smart. So I don't suggest anyone do that, Um, but was lucky enough to get into Columbia. And so that was kind of my strange career before the MBA. With the professional golf, like, was there a particular driver um, behind your your decision to to stop playing? Or, well, basically, when I first started, like, I was very interested in a lot of things. Um, college, I loved, and um, I was interested in you know business and people, and you know, I just I felt like I had this unique opportunity because I was just happened to be quite good at golf. Um, you know, my dad was a professional athlete, so maybe some hand-eye coordination in the family. Um, but I was really like always going to use it as a launching pad um, because it was just too one-dimensional for me. Like I, I wanted to do multiple things. And so I kind of looked at it as, you know, a Greg Norman where it was a launching pad into other forms of business. So my plan was to play five years. And I think also... Had it been totally my decision, I would have probably gone into consulting um, or business. But I think everyone around me was so excited about my potential that they really wanted me to play golf. Um, So I think that's why I ended up playing. Um, And then once I started playing, I happened to improve every year. And I just said to myself, you know, once I'm not improving and I feel like I go stagnant, then I'm going to stop playing. And I just kept getting better and better. And it was just hard once you're in it because you're, you know, you want to reach your potential and you want to win tournaments. And so um, 
And then I was six years in. I said, hey, I only was going to play five years. Um, What's going on? So then my sixth year, I kind of felt like, okay, this has been a great adventure. Um, It's not fulfilling me in the ways that I need to be fulfilled. It's too one-dimensional. So um, now I need to like broaden my horizon and and do something else. When you actually decided to make that change because I think I think there are a lot of people that come from maybe sports or we had one guy in our MBA who was um he did stunts I come from entertainment and I think when you even though you always think that there's going to be something after there is that there's sort of this at least for me there was sort of this like divide inside like I love it but then at the same time you you know you know it's time to to go on to the next thing did you have those feelings and how do you sort of manage them Yes, yes, totally. It was um, very difficult because your identity is wrapped up in what you do, especially when you're a public profile, like a golfer. Um, So it was hard um, emotionally, for sure. I think I was the first time I stepped into therapy in my life. Um, But I was confident in my abilities to do other things. The world wasn't so confident in me when I first tried to go and apply for jobs and things like that. They were like, what do you, you have the best job in the world. Why would you want to like come work here and like a nine to five in an office? And and then also they think, oh, you're a professional athlete. You're a prima donna and, and you know, like you get everything done for you. And I'm like, no, no, the ladies tour is all about like, I booked my own flights. I, uh, you know, practically got my own sponsorships. Uh, I run my own business. So um, I'm ready, like I can do anything. But that was hard to come across when you're like, you know, making a lot of money and they know that and <laughs> things like that. So it was um, it was definitely really hard. I think anytime you make an identity switch, it's, it's, it's difficult. And especially when you're a public profile and that's what people know you for. No, for sure. It's really interesting that you mentioned about like kind of the organizational aspects of the tour as well. Um, so my younger brother actually was a, a golf pro for a few years. You know, there's no one kind of looking after you and sort of holding your hand and managing it all for you. You have to do all of that and try and have your mind on the the actual sports side of it as well. Yeah, exactly. It's it's much like running your own business. Like there is no handbook. Like I remember when I turned pro, I was like, well, I'm going to go read about how Greg Norman started and how Ben Hogan started and all these people. There was no like handbook on how to uh, how to be a professional. I mean, you just have to figure it out. So I was like, all right, well, I'm going to set my schedule and I've, I've got to find a really great coach and I got to find a trainer and I got to find a sports psychologist and we got to like work on this like it's a nine to five and really book out my time and I've got to practice and work on each aspect of my game. And so I kind of sat down and made this schedule for myself. But then it was also booking flights, picking which tournaments you're going to play in. And then the sponsorship side of it too, like how am I going to raise the money that I need to play? So I need to, you know, do corporate outings and, you know, make myself available um, to different brands and then that side too. Um, And then as a women golfer, um, we just don't get the press and the attention that the men do through traditional media. So there was no social media back then. Um, I would have loved to have had my own platform like people do today. Um, so we were like trying to do photo shoots and, you know, submit, you know, images to magazines and try to get well known um, because there's just so little coverage of women's golf in, in traditional media. So it was this 
interesting, you know, marketing, PR. Like I, I learned so much um, from playing golf. It was actually the perfect small business to run. <laughs> no, definitely. I can see that. What was it that, that made you um, decide to, uh, to go to Columbia? Originally, when I was applying, you know, I live in Los Angeles. And so I just assumed I would go to UCLA because I could, you know, it's in my backyard. Um, I could ride a bike there. Uh, <laughs> so I just went up. But then when people told me, you know, you just don't know where you're going to get in. It's so competitive. Um, make sure you apply to at least five schools. So um, I didn't want to go back to USC because I, I felt like I already did that undergrad. I wanted a new network of people. Um, so I just had to pick five schools. Uh, my husband did his um, law school at Harvard. So I was like, okay, I'm going to apply to Harvard. I could have gone to Stanford as an undergrad um, through my golf scholarship, but I decided not to. So then I was like, okay, well, maybe Stanford because I didn't do that undergrad. So I applied there. And then um, my husband's from New York and his his parents live in New York. And so I just thought, okay, well, I'll just put Columbia down there. I need to put another school. I had no intention of ever going there. I just was like, I just need to put schools down because who knows? And obviously it's like an amazing school. Um, but I just put it on, you know, my, I just needed these number of schools. And then what ended up happening was I got waitlisted at UCLA because I did apply round three. Um, and so they were full and, you know, kind of waiting for people to drop out. Um, and they have a much later start date. They're like late September. And so I had to make a decision before then. And then we kind of just thought, wow, this is just such a great school and it's Ivy League and it's in New York and it's be a fun adventure so that's how we ended up deciding to go there yeah great and so tell us about your experience with the program like what which parts did you enjoy and which were there were there any that you didn't enjoy so much or that were were more challenging I loved every aspect of it I would go back in a second <laughs> I wish it was four years not you know two um it was just amazing to be in school with these brilliant professors um, and this opportunity to learn about all these aspects of business um, I just couldn't I couldn't get enough I what I found really challenging was I was older so I was 32 um, when I was there I hadn't been in school for a, over 10 years so <laughs> um, just that adjustment I think to all the the classes and and sitting and sitting for long periods of time which I didn't do before I was always on the move um so that I think was the biggest challenge and then going I was terrible at statistics and and things like that although I love math and other things but statistics just I never took any of that um in high school or college so it was very new and foreign to me and it kind of moved really quickly um my class I maybe didn't have the best teacher. Um, so yeah, I found the core classes quite difficult and strenuous and they kind of uh, threatened you with like, if you don't, it was like pass fail, but if you don't get, um, if you get a certain number of P's, they kick you out. And so <laughs> we were all like, you know, I was scared because um, these, my classmates were brilliant. They were so smart and just the best of the best. And so it felt a little competitive in the beginning, but once I got through that first core subjects, which were an amazing foundation, I'm so glad that 
they forced us to do that. Um, then I got into electives. I could really shine because I could choose the classes that uh, that I felt like I was, you know, strong in or interest, more interested in. Um, but that's the amazing thing about an MBA. You kind of, I came in there very open and thinking, you know, I could do, you know, finance, I could do real estate, I could do anything. Like, I'm so excited. Um, although my application, my plan was to be entrepreneurial, I was open to see what I would like. Um, and you quickly learn that people are so far ahead of you in in finance um, and in certain areas that I felt like, oh, that would be not a good use of my skill set if I was to go and to do corporate finance. Um, and you kind of see yourself up against all these brilliant people and you see where you stand out. And so that was really eye-opening to me um, that I felt my skill set. I could see the things that I'm really good at and what would be the best use of me um, in business. Yeah, it shows you where your strengths are and, as you say, where you're, you can best use your, your skills and your talents. What has been, what were the biggest challenges you faced post-MBA in your career? I ended up working on my next company that I kind of, uh, I found an outside partner outside of um, Columbia that I'd known, like a known through golf networking, another woman. And we wanted to do an Ayurvedic skincare line that was all natural. And so I worked on that with her the entire summer and then applied to the greenhouse program at uh, Columbia, which is like a little um, accelerator and got into that and then continued that all the way until the end of, of school. And I was thought I was going to launch this um, skincare line, which still nobody, another idea that nobody had done um, and was based on like skin types and Ayurveda. It was all natural. Um, it's still, it's kind of still something maybe I could go to later on, but um, it was fun. So yeah, no, I spent the whole summer doing that because I kind of, I was interested in in finance and maybe going that route, um, doing marketing. I felt like that was a better use of my school set um, for like private equity. So I kind of was looking at that and I had connections through golf um, to possibly do internships in, in Los Angeles. Um, because I was always going to come back to LA. Um, but I just felt like I was in a unique situation that I was married. My, my husband worked and did well that I could take a big risk. I didn't have to go take, you know, a marketing job. Um, I didn't have to, you know, I could really, you know, swing for the fences. (laughs) So, um, that's why I didn't end up doing that internship. So I was all dead set to launch this skincare company and it was about spring break of my final year. One of my good friends from golf, who was actually uh, one of my sponsors when I was on tour, he decided to start a golf company and um, it was spring break that we happened to be in Hawaii together and he said to me, he's like, I'm going to you know, start a golf company and you're going to run my marketing. <laughs> and I was like, 
you're crazy. You know, he 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 started GoDaddy, so he was you know web domain name registrar. You know, like what do you know about the golf industry? Like, you're crazy. You'll never compete. It's such an old boys club. Like, okay, sure. Like, come back to me when you have a product. Literally, like he'd been working on it for a while before he told anyone. So he had a product. Like a couple of weeks later, I tested the clubs, and I was like, oh my gosh, these are amazing wow. And he's like, yeah, I've got this tour player playing them. And he's like, look, you can go do your skincare line if you want. I'll help you. I'll fund it for you if you like. But, you know, you know, you're just like the perfect person for this job. You know, you know, the golf industry better than anyone. You know me. Um, So come just help me with this. And then I'll fund your skincare line later on. So it was kind of, and he's like, and I'll pay you an obscene amount of money. <laughs> so I was like, oh, wow, you know, okay, what am I going to do? And I just felt like, wow, this is a unique opportunity to have like utilize my skill set from golf, but then also be entrepreneurial. Like I was employee number 11 at the company. So it was just like, and you know, there was someone doing a little bit of marketing before I got there, but not really. So to do the whole marketing plan for this billionaire's company. It was just like, wow, this is too good opportunity to pass up. Um, So I said, okay, skincare line, you're going on hold. And it was awesome. So after graduation, I started, I think like just mid-summer and the company was in Arizona. So I ended up flying to Arizona every week. and it would literally start in like we were in a trailer at his golf course that he bought. Um, and it was so cool because, I mean, it was the fanciest trailer you've ever seen. <laughs> but it still was just funny, like to now where they have a huge, I mean, how many years later? Five years later. And they're just have a massive headquarters. And how you know, far along the company has gone is just incredible but um yeah it was just just ride of like just seeing everything on the ground level all these things happening at once and just explosive growth and um yeah it was really great you you worked with them just out of out of the MBA and, and you're still with them now right well part of what happened in the beginning is he was like I want you to be a brand ambassador for me um because I still had this you know, foot in golf. So he was like, I want you to be a brand ambassador for me. And that was kind of his way to like get me in because I was saying, no, 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 I'm doing my skincare line. Um, so he then, um, after shortly after being a brand ambassador for like a month or so, then he was like, no, you're going to come run marketing. So I wrote the whole marketing plan, got everything going. Um, the company started to do well. Um, then it was just wasn't feasible flying to Scottsdale every you know, every week, I just felt lifestyle wise, I need to be in LA. And um, my husband and I were like, we want to try to have a baby. And it's really hard when you're in Scottsdale half a week. So to get the timing of the window, you know. Uh, So that's kind of put it into that. And then he said, well, you still have to be a brand ambassador for me. So we've kind of kept that relationship now. And how does that kind of how did that sort of take you up to the company that you founded now and that you um that you you now own? Yeah, so um when I stopped working for him and I came back to LA, I was just 
exploring again. So I was like, you know, I want to do another company. I love to be on the ground up. I loved working at PXG and seeing it um, grow. So I was just now, okay, I need to find another opportunity um, or partner and start something. Um, And then I felt like with the skincare, I was still open to doing it. But again, I wanted a partner. I felt like you can't do things. It's only so far you can get doing it alone. And I'm a very social person. And so I was really looking for someone to do it with. And then um, after we were trying to have a baby and we actually ended up going through IVF, that whole experience, I was like, wow, this it kind of opened my eyes to like, wow, there's a lot of opportunity in this space. Um, it's so growing. I would sit in these fertility centers and I'd be like, 50 people waiting in the waiting room and I'm just like wow this is a epidemic like you know people are struggling with fertility so I do like a lot of research and you know I started taking all these supplements and I just thought wow there's an opportunity here just didn't really know what it was and then once we got pregnant um and I hired a doula um to help me with the birth birth doula my gynecologist had suggested it um she gave me a list of five people to call and I looked up this one woman and and I called her up and it turns out she knew my husband from 10 years ago she dated one of his best friends he's like yeah call her call her up have her come over it turns out she was the doula to the stars and a you know all the celebrities and um but my husband felt comfortable with her and known her for years so we hired her and then getting to know her um she had you know written books and you know done all these different things and she's like yeah and I have this idea for this product line and my husband's like you should talk to Anna you know she has an MBA and she's looking at different companies right now to do something and so we went to coffee and she told me her idea to do um, these powders because she'd be making these fertility smoothies for her clients and getting everyone pregnant and I was like, well, what's in the fertility smoothie? And it was all the supplements that I had been taking. And I was like, oh, I would have loved this product because I was taking 25 different supplements, like pills. And it was just awful to take that many things. But I was desperate and you know, I want to have a baby and I'm going to do whatever it takes. And so um, I was like, wow, this is genius, Lori, because I would have taken this product and so many other people would. And I was sitting in these fertility centers and, you know, these people are spending $30,000. If they could just take some supplements, who knows what it could do. Um, and she's like, yeah, all my over 40, I've got so many people pregnant, like it really works. Um, and I can, you know, I've also got ideas for other blends. And so, yeah, we started working on it. Um, and it was just like this incredible business because it was so easy to start. Um, you just had to, she had her formulations already and then it was just like finding the manufacturer to to make them and I just was like wow this is so much easier than production and fashion and fit and you know uh, skincare you know the product's got to be beautiful and the packaging and like vitamins no one cares what the packaging looks like <laughs> so it was just like wow this is this incredible business um and there was really no competition and I'm like whoa this is crazy so once I did the business plan and like delved into it I was like this is awesome um so yeah so we I think our first meeting was in October I had my baby in December and then we launched the following year 
Um, so it took us a while to get everything up and going and also me having a, my first baby kind of put us on hold. And then, and then Lori, my partner, you know, is this in-demand doula. So she, you know, is very busy too. So she, with me having the Lila and then she having her doula job, it took us quite a while. But um, it's been, it's just been so fun. Um, we've learned so many lessons. and So, yeah, so that's how I started Seed Life. <laughs> Yeah, I think what's interesting, yeah, about it is, you know, you can, I always knew that someone would come along or I would get introduced to someone or I was thinking, oh, when I have a kid, maybe I'll meet someone at my, you know, the school or I I know I just had this feeling that if I was patient, the right opportunity would come versus like forcing things. Although I did go down the rabbit hole on a lot of different ideas. (laughs) So I think entrepreneurs kind of do that. Um, you get obsessed with something and kind of get to like try to get to the very end um, of discovery like how hard is this going to be am I going to be able to pull it off and I think in a lot of my ideas I got very close but I felt like wow I need an expert or the right partner or something so something was always missing so yeah with this it's been it's yeah it was just luck I guess in a lot of ways what are the what have been the either the best or the most challenging parts about about running it to date? The best part is you know getting people pregnant that have struggled for years, um, and just like helping people is by far the best part. I mean, we get daily like emails, DMs um, that you know I've tried to get pregnant for three years. I took the fertility blend for two months and got pregnant. I tried everything and. You know, so stuff like that, it just blows your mind because you're just helping people that struggle. Um, so uh, that's the greatest part. <clears throat> the hardest part is just finding the time to work on it. <laughs> so being a wife, being a mom, um, it's and, you know, running your own business is 24 hours. So I wish I slept less. Um but I'm in that seven hour range. So uh, yeah, there's just so much potential with it. But I feel like with having uh, just me and my partner, uh, it's hard to, uh, and she's full time with her work too. So it's just hard to devote as much as we would want to it. And I think that's kind of, it's kind of interesting because being a woman is very difficult in that sense is that you can have it all you just can't have it all at once <laughs> so had I, had I launched this before I had kids you know I would have been it wouldn't be a different story um or maybe you'd waited till my kids get in school because <laughs> they're very demanding um and plus I love it I love being a mom too so it's I think it's hard for me because I'm competitive and I see, you know, my peers uh, from Columbia doing amazing things and they're, you know, I just, I want to, I want to grow this company uh, to be as big as I can and help as many people as I can. And it's just, um, you know, it's, it's a slow build. We're also self-funded. So we didn't get outside capital, which um, I think will be great for us in the long run. But it's hard because we don't have, we are basically funding all of our own inventory all the time. And so we're about now, we're about ready 
to hire. Um, but it's kind of an interesting time with COVID hiring someone right now. Um, so it's just, I think that's the hardest thing when you have a company is do you go out and raise a boatload of money and then grow, grow, grow rapidly, but then you don't own anything. And then it's all worth money on paper on what you raised, but are you really profitable and you're really making money? We were profitable in four months. So that was cool. That's cool. And like, I grew up in Australia and like, I didn't, you know, people don't have credit cards there. There's no, like, you don't work in debt. It's all, you know, um, it's just a different mentality so like I was like I want to be profitable and I think there is a switch in the marketplace now to these like to to looking at companies that are more profitable than these unicorn the billion dollar on paper but what are they really worth at the end of the day um but I think that's the biggest the hardest part like you go and raise a bunch of money you have all this money to spend on hiring and you can grow really fast um so I think that's my struggle. It's like, should we go and do it? Should we go and do it? Or should we just continue to self-fund and, and grow at our own pace? Well, this brings us to the last question then. And that's really, what advice would you give for others, maybe from more of a sports or entrepreneurial background, considering an MBA? I mean, I just think it was the most amazing experience for me. Actually, I had someone DM me on Instagram um, that said he's a golf pro and he's applying for his MBA. And I did mean, what did I think of that? Did I love my experience? And I was just like, it'll be the best decision of your life. I mean, that's how I feel about it. It just was so special and so amazing. And just also for, from a confidence point of view, especially as a woman, I felt like I needed that tool belt where I felt, especially, you know, coming from sports where you kind of put into this bucket hole of, you know, you can't, it can be like, oh, you're just an athlete and you're not smart. There can be that mentality and that thought that, um, you know, the stereotype that people have. And I just felt like, well, if I have the MBA, they can't question my, <laughs> you know, ability. Um, so it just was like a tool belt. And especially as a woman too, you can get categorized. And I'd done like a lot of modeling and things like that. So then you get that other stereotype as well when you do things like that. So I just, I was like, wow, this is so important for me to have for have to, so that people would take me seriously. And it's just amazing when they find out you have an MBA, like how it's just a different level. <laughs> They're like, Oh, Oh, and you went to Columbia. Oh, you know, so um, it's really, it was just, and then the experience in itself, like, so having that, the, the name and having that, is wonderful for your career going forward but then also just the confidence that you have like I had no problem starting a company I was like I learned everything I need to learn in my MBA everything every aspect there's not one thing I didn't I didn't know so that's unbelievable um and you know you can obviously learn all that just starting your own company um so and I've learned things with seed life that I never thought I would learn and I didn't learn in my MBA as well so uh but it's just, you'll never regret it. It'll be the best decision you ever made. You know,
you know, I think something that really um, came across to me from speaking to Anna was just her real love of and passion for learning, um, whether it's business school or starting a company um, or with a sport, just that real kind of passion for learning something new. Absolutely. And I also thought I really admired her curiosity and her enthusiasm because it seems she really was passionate about starting something. She really had that curiosity and creativity and the ideas um and I really like that energy in her you know she wanted to start the uh, athletic leisure line then then um, the Ayurvedic skincare and finally you know she she was able to sort of align her what she was kind of seeking that the entrepreneurial um side of work and create seed life which has a great mission mm. yeah absolutely I also really liked that she mentioned being a role model. And I think that's so important. I think, as I said on the podcast, I think that's why we started the podcast was people could find role models that they can say, oh, they did it. I can do it too. You know, I can, I don't have to golf forever. I don't have to only ever work in, in sports or only ever work in entertainment or in, in fashion, for example. Yeah, that's so true. And I mean, it's not, it's not always easy to identify those people. I mean, for Anna, she's obviously um, was a well-known sort of public figure. But it's also if you're coming from industries where that isn't the case, but you still you still want role models, right? You still want people to look up to. But then how do you find those people? It's, it's not always straightforward. That's all from today's Modern MBA podcast. I'm Kristen. And I'm Marie. If you like this episode, remember to hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts. You can get access to articles and more great content by visiting our website, themodernmba.co.uk, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram at The Modern MBA, and Twitter at MBA Modern.